We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Before we get started, though, make sure you hit that little subscribe button right down there in the corner. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk all kinds of sports. It's going to be fun. So, uh, the 2023 World Series matchup will be set on Tuesday night. Uh, the ALCS and the NLCS is both heating up. Uh, the Phillies and the NLCS take a uh, 3-2 lead over um, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And uh, the Astros take a 3-2 lead over the Texas Rangers after starting out 0-2 against the Rangers in that series. Uh, this is reported by CBS. The 2023 World Series matchup will be set on Tuesday night. In the next few days, will feature crucial pennant-clinching MLB playoff games. The Houston Astros and Philadelphia Phillies both hold 3-2 leads in the ALCS and the NLCS, respectively. Both of them will have the chance to clinch the pennant at home in Game 6 and Game 7, so we'll see what happens there. The Astros will have the first shot as they host the Texas Rangers and the ALCS Game 6 on Sunday night. That is tonight, guys, so make sure everybody's watching. Uh, it's at Minute Maid Park in Houston. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the Rangers look like they would be the ones with a 3-2 series lead on Friday, but Jose Altuve's ninth-inning home run lifted the Astros in a thrilling, heated ALCS Game 5. Uh, the Rangers need two wins at Minute Maid Park to reach their first World Series since 2011. Everybody remembers the 2011 World Series uh, between the Texas Rangers and the San Francisco Giants. Um, after two road victories, exactly how Texas started the series, they both won their first two games at Minute Maid. The road team has won every game so far in the ALCS. So Texas Rangers won the uh, first two games at Minute Maid, and then the Astros won the, the last three games at Globe Life Field. Over in the National League, the Phillies have a 3-2 series lead against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The D-backs won back-to-back games at home at even the NLCS after Game 4, but the Phillies got three home runs and seven strong innings from Zach Wheeler on Saturday night to retake the lead. The Phillies need to win either Game 6 or Game 7 at home to secure their second National League pennant in a row. The Astros, meanwhile, are going for their third consecutive American League title and their fifth pennant in seven seasons. If Houston and Philadelphia, Philadelphia both advance to the Fall Classic again, it will mark the first World Series rematch since 1978 between the Yankees and the Dodgers. That's very interesting. So we could have a rematch between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros again, and it will mark the first time uh, a rematch since 1978 Yankees-Dodgers. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, game 5, ALCS, Houston Astros versus uh, Texas Rangers at Globe Life Field. Uh, it was very... Uh, very heated. It got heated at times. Uh, it was a fight to the finish. Um, Brian Abreu, our a uh, Houston Astros relief pitcher, threw at um, at um, uh, Adalas Garcia, and both uh, benches had cleared in the ALCS. And this is in Game Five. Um, the Astros now uh, Brian Abreu facing a two-game suspension after hitting Adalas Garcia. Both benches cleared. It was interesting because after he hit Garcia, Garcia turned around. Garcia got a home run earlier in the game. Uh, I believe it was a three-run home run to make it 4-2 Texas Rangers at the time. And um, Abreu had hit him, and then he turned around, looked at uh, Molodano and the Astros catcher, and got into his face a little bit because I think he thought that the signs were going to be, you know, to hit him. That's what uh, that's what uh, Garcia thought. So, um yeah, it was interesting. Both benches cleared. Uh, 
no no fights. We got some people ejected from the game. Uh, Garcia got ejected from the game. And then Dusty Baker, Astros manager Dusty Baker, got into it with the umpires and started arguing with them, and then he got ejected from the game. So um, this is reported from ESPN. Astros relief pitcher Brian Abreu has been handed a two-game suspension in the wake of his his controversial hit-by-pitch of Texas Rangers outfield, outfielder Adolis Garcia which sparked a benches clearing incident and near brawl in the late stages of Game 5 of the American League Championship Series on Friday night. Major League Baseball noted in its news release that all six of the Major League umpires deemed Abreu's pitch to have been intentional. We don't know that for sure. Uh, in ejecting him from the game, adding that the league took into account the dangerous nature of the pitch and its potential impact on players' safety. In doing out the suspension, the, the announcement made by MLB Senior Vice President of On-Field Operations Michael Hill on Saturday asserted that Abreu was suspended for intentionally throwing at Garcia, a notion several members of the Astros denied in the wake of Houston's uh, come-from-behind victory in Game 5, including Abreu himself. My plan for him was just to try to get the ball up in, Abreu said after the game. That's my plan with him. Up and, up and in, the slider down and away. I just missed the pitch and he just overreacted. Abreu, the Astros, uh, that's pretty detailed, by the way, by Abreu. Abreu, the Astros' primary setup man, would be unavailable for Game 6 of the ALCS in either Game 7 of that series or Game 1 of the World Series. The Astros, after sweeping all three games at Arlington, Texas, hold a 3-2 advantage over the Rangers. If Abreu elects to appeal, uh, discipline would be on hold while the process plays out. That means they could have a hearing. The MLB could have a hearing with the lawyers and everything. The collective bargaining agreement states that hearing involving a suspension in the playoffs must be heard within 48 hours of a player deciding to appeal. In this case, so they have 48 hours that they decide to appeal. In this case, Abreu could wait until before Game 6 to state that he wants to appeal. Then, theoretically, he could be, be available in Game 6 in a potential Game 7 while the process plays out. In that instance, though, he, he would be unavailable for the start of the World Series if the Astros advance and his suspension is upheld. Abreu was also fined an undisclosed amount, as, as was Garcia, Rangers pitcher Matt Bush, Astros pitcher Lance McCullers Jr., and manager Dusty Baker. Garcia and Baker were also ejected for Friday's game, but were not suspended. McCullers and Bush will be prohibited from sitting on their respective benches for the remainder of the ALCS, the MLB announced. Uh, wow. Uh, Abreu's hit by pitch occurred in the bottom of the eighth, two innings after Garcia hit a dramatic three-run homer and celebrating uh, emphatically walking halfway up the first baseline and slamming his bat onto the globe life field turf before starting his jog. The hit by a pitch occurred with a runner off first, none, none out, and the Rangers still leading by two runs. On a first pitch, 99 miles per hour fastball that caught Garcia in the left arm, Garcia immediately turned to Astros catcher Martin Madonado, then went looking for him again after players from both teams had spilled onto the field. A similar incident occurred at Houston's Minute Maid Park in late July in the wake of a grand slam by Garcia. Rangers second baseman Marcus Seaman, who had been hit by a pitch earlier in the game, jawed at Madonna upon reaching home plate. Garcia then joined in. Dugouts and benches emptied then too, but no punches were thrown. Um, and no punches were thrown on Friday either. But Baker, who also watched Jose Altuve's game-winning home run from the hallway connected to the dugout, said there will probably be a carryover for what remains of this of this series. Uh, interesting, too, because uh, Martin Madonjo said in a press release uh, after the game, he said, all you did was wake up the Astros. 
So we'll uh, we'll see how Game Six plays out. That's tonight. Uh, you know, will it be a fight to the finish? Um, possibly. You know, it's it's the it's the Silver Boot Showdown. It's the Texas Two Step Battle. So we'll see. Um, let's move on real quick. The NLCS Game Five. Uh, so we had uh, highlights. The Phillies win. Uh, Phillies offense looks good. Looks really good. Their bats are responding. They're hitting very very well. This is from Fox Sports. Uh, Phillies win NLCS Game 5, 6-1, take the 3-2 series lead. The 2023 MLB National League Championship Series continued on Saturday night with the Philadelphia Phillies taking down the Arizona Diamondbacks in Game 5. And we've got you covered with all the action to start and finish. Both teams had their respective aces on the hill as Arizona sent Zach Gallon to the mound and Philadelphia countered with Zach Wheeler. The Game 5 win gave the Phillies a 3-2 series lead. Uh, The Phillies actually strike first. The Phillies look good. They look really good. They are out for revenge after they lost to the Houston Astros in the 2022 World Series. Uh, Bryson Stott gave Philadelphia the early lead with two outs on top of the first inning, smacking an RBI single to right field. Uh, with runners on the corners, Diamondbacks catcher Gabriel Moreau threw down to second base, but could tell Marty turned it through back home as Bryce Harper tried to score from third. Harper collided with Morano at home play and scored, giving the Phillies a 2-0 lead. Um, so yeah, so look, you know, both, both games, um, Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, they powered the Phillies to an NLCS game five win. Um, Astros are leading three, two in ALCS. Phillies are leading three, two in the NLCS. Um, game six is going to be coming up soon. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think, uh, they're both very, very good. Very good uh, series, and we'll see who wins. In, in my prediction, I have the Philadelphia Phillies going in NLCS because they look really, really good right now. In the ALCS, I don't know yet. I, I'm hoping my Houston Astros, but they don't play very well at home. That's what people got to remember. They don't play very well at home. So we have to really, uh, you know, we have to leave it, leave it all out in the field. The Houston Astros have two chances to make it to the World Series. They have Game 6 tonight. And then they have Game Seven if necessary tomorrow night. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. Uh, okay, let's move on real quick. Let's talk about a uh, Friday Night Lights star, um, subject of the book, uh, the the mega hit Friday Night Lights, James Booby Miles, who played for the Odessa Permian Panthers, uh, big high school football team in Odessa, Texas. Uh, we have some bad news for uh, James Booby Miles. He's 53 years old. His height is 6'1". He has been sentenced to 13 years in prison. Uh, he was Miles was convicted of uh, failing to register as a sex offender. He also faces charges after, after investigators said he allegedly assaulted his wife. He's still awaiting trial on those charges. Um, yeah, so, look, it's a very, very... Sad day for uh, James Booby Miles. Um, of course, he was a uh, he was a football star. He was a football star over at uh, Odessa Permian. Um, he's headed to prison now for uh, he's a big guy, a real big guy. He was a running back for Odessa Permian Panthers and the subject of the hit book Friday Night Lights. Uh, you know what what the town, the team, and the dream of Odessa of Odessa, Texas, and you know their their oil and stuff like that and their 
and the hope of the high school football team. As anybody, if anybody's seen the movie by Universal Pictures that Peter Berg directed with Billy Bob Thornton, great movie. They also did a TV show that was shot in Austin, uh, Friday Night Lights. Um, but let's talk about Booby for a second. James Booby Miles, who played football for Permian High School and was featured in the novel Friday Night Lights, is heading back to prison for failing to register as a sex offender. One of the former Permian High School football players, Chronicle and H.G. Bessinger, this is from the Dallas Observer, by the way, Players Chronicle and H.G. Bessinger's book, Friday Night Lights, have portrayed the film adaptation headed back to prison. <clears throat> James Earl Miles, uh, nicknamed Booby, uh, received a 13-year prison sentence from an Ector County jury for failing to comply with his sex offender registration requirements on Monday, according to the Odessa American. Um, Miles' sex offender status stems from an aggravated sexual assault he committed in June 1999. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to five years in prison. Following his release, the court required him to register his status as a sex offender. He failed to do so in uh, January 2022. And the grand jury indicted him the following July. Uh, according to court records, Miles is still awaiting trial on two family violence charges stemming from a different incident. Odessa police respond to a 911 call from Miles' former wife, who said that he was choking her. Police found Miles' ex-wife unconscious in a locked car parked in the driveway. Police reported that she had bloodshot eyes, red marks on her neck, and injuries on her right hand. And facing right, she had injuries on her right hand and face, and had trouble speaking to officers once she regained consciousness. So. Yeah, so he'll be sentenced to 13 years in prison. Um, it's sad. It's sad when stars, uh, when stars, no matter if you're a celebrity or a football player or an athlete or, or whatnot, kind of take a downward, downward spir spiral after their playing days or maybe they were once big at one time. But, yeah, so it, it's just been, you know, it's not very good. They need to know how to manage their money. Um, and that's where these guys don't know, you know, a lot of great athletes come from the hood or come from a, from a lower part or a lower income class part of a, of a major city. And they, they never had anybody taught him how to handle money or, or how to deal with, uh, money or how to learn about taking care of yourself or with money after the playing days is over. Um, that's the sad reality of it. Um, you know, sometimes teachers and stuff like that don't force these high level athletes you know to study because all they got to do is play football or baseball or whatnot so that's kind of the sad thing about that you got sometimes you got to push people you know i know a lot of people don't like to be pushed and sometimes that's the coach's job you have to be pushed to greatness otherwise you're not going to do anything i think that's kind of the one of the problems we're having in today's society so we'll uh we'll see where that goes but you know uh it's sad is what's happening to james booby miles and you know we yeah, it's sad. It's sad. So, but he did, you know, if he did the crime, you got to do the time. That's just kind of the way it is. We need rules and we need laws and that's what keeps us safe. So people got to remember that. Uh, let's go real quick to uh, the NBA. I haven't talked about the NBA in a while. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets uh, of the NBA. I'm from Houston, so I got to talk to them about them. Um, let's hear. Uh, we have uh, NBA.com, Miami Heat versus Houston Rockets. This happened on October 20th, 2023. Um, uh, you know, Houston Rockets preseason showed a glimpse of team's potential. Now, we've had a lot of uh, first-round picks coming up for the Rockets. It, in the past couple of years in the Western Conference, we finished in last place. We haven't done very well. We got a new coach. The coach uh, – 
tends to push them pretty good, so that's good to push them to greatness. Uh, let's see here. This comes from Texas Sports Nation. Emi Adoka, who's our Houston Rockets head coach, could not gush, though, at halftime on Friday. He might have been tempted after the Rockets completed the preseason with a 110-104 win against the Miami Heat. Uh, they were too inconsistent as they had been through the preseason for unqualified raves, and it's probably not his style anyway, so the guy pushing them hard. Still, the 4-1 preseason accomplished much of what he had in mind before his first season as Rockets coach. Friday demonstrated that much. The Rockets never looked better in the preseason than in Friday's second quarter, offering a glimpse of what could be possible. They struggled as badly to start the second half as they had to start the games against the Spurs. Uh, the Raiders season will let him know whether... That's half full or empty. I feel okay, more good than I than bad, I guess Adoka said. It's always a sour taste at times with the starts to the San Antonio games and our start that third quarter, so you're kind of searching for perfection as far as that. Um, so, yeah, so they said they're thirsty. They're thirsty to win. They're thirsty to get back to the era of the mid-'90s of the clutch season era of 1994 and 1995. Uh, so, yeah, we wish the, uh, we wish the Rockets – all, all the best, and um, we'll see what happens there. Um, let's move on real quick. Let's move on to the uh, San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs won their preseason game, too. They've been doing well. Um, they placed the uh, Golden State Warriors on October 20th. Uh, let's see here. This forwarded by NBA.com. That's San Antonio Spurs. You know, they've been doing well. They got the number one draft picked and uh went Wimbiana. so uh so yeah they're they're doing really well right now and uh the Rockets are doing well so it's going to be interesting to see in the Western Conference when the when the regular season comes around after 80 games who's going to make it to the playoffs and who's going to make it to the finals there um real quick let's move on real quick to uh, college football the University of Texas uh faced the uh, University of Houston Cougars yesterday in a showdown, in a Texas showdown. It was Austin versus Houston. Um, Texas, which is ranked, I believe, number eight in the nation, they uh, they were predicted to win this game by, let's see here, they were predicted to win this game by uh, 23 points, by 23 points. It looked like that was coming true for a second. Uh, when I left, when I last watched the game and I left my work because I was watching at work, was it was 21-0 Texas. I kind of figured, okay, well, that's that's why I figured it's going to be, fun. you know, they're going to lose. or They're not going to lose, but they're going to just blow out the U of H, University of Houston Cougars. Uh, Texas at the time <coughs> stayed in there at 5-1, and one, and U of H was at the time, I believe, uh, like they won two games, they lost four. They they lost to Rice in the Bayou Bucket, so that's the first time that's happened in twelve years. So Texas um, was up twenty one zero, and then something interesting happened. Something interesting interesting happened where uh, U of H came back. The University of Houston Cougars came back and tied it up twenty one twenty one, and then it became a shootout. Uh, let's see here. Um, we had, uh, let's see here, Quinn Hewers, uh, University of Texas Longhorns quarterback Quinn Hewers was knocked out of the game from a shoulder injury. Uh, this from Fan Nation. The Texas Longhorns may have suffered a big loss during their 31-24 win on Saturday against the University of Houston Cougars. 
Uh, Longhorn star quarterback Quinn Hewers was knocked out of the team's 31-24 win versus the Houston Cougars on Saturday, immediately throwing the rest of the season into question for Texas. Um, Texas did get the win, 31-24. Um, but, you know, listen, U of H, the, the Cougars have a lot to uh, look up to. I mean, they, they just proved that they belong in the Big 12. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's see here. The Longhorns captain with Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian updated the media during his postgame press conference. He's got a hurt shoulder, and we will know more tomorrow, Sarkeesian said. He tried to play through it, and we didn't feel comfortable with where he was, and that's when – Malik uh, entered the game. They did not enter Arch Manning. Arch Manning is a redshirt at the University of Texas, so they hired a, they uh, they put in uh, Malik in there, who's the second string quarterback. If the injury is a similar one to which last season he suffered against Alabama last season, which kept him out for four weeks, the Longhorns could be without their signal caller for an extended period. Uh, does not bite way too much for the season because Texas is ranked number eight in the nation right now. So we'll see. Uh, you know, Texas now has BYU, so uh, we'll see what happens there. They have them on uh, next Saturday, October 28th. Uh, Texas will face BYU. BYU uh, is doing well right now. I believe they played, let me see here. Their last one was Texas Tech. Yeah, they played uh, Texas Tech, and they beat Texas Tech yesterday, 27-14. BYU stands at 5-2 right now. They're doing real well. Texas Tech Red Raiders, my alma mater, is not doing so well. They're they're staying at 3-5. So, yeah, so Texas Tech now has, on Thursday, November 2nd, they they play TCU on Thursday. Um, So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting now. Let's talk about the uh, the fourth down play between the University of Houston Cougars and the uh, Texas Longhorns. Did the running back make the first down? Uh, uh, U of H, University of Houston Cougars, was in the red zone. They handed off. We're coming down at the NOI. We're below one minute of the fourth quarter. U of H has a chance to tie it up against Texas and maybe possibly send this game into overtime. The ball was handed off to running back. Running back... Uh, he only needed a couple yards. He needed one or two yards. Goes against it and has clearly, even the announcer said it, that he had the ball and his helmet was across the nine-yard line, which the fir- where the first down marker was. Uh, the, uh, the refs decide to spot it short. They measure the football, and look what happens. It is first down, first to 10 for the Texas Longhorns. Now, this is going to cause a lot of controversy. What happened next is victory formation for Texas. They just run out the clock and they win. Um, U of H was in the red zone. I don't know how the refs could miss a call like that. I think, you know, everybody, even the announcers, even the announcers were saying that he was clearly over the line for a first down. Um, it just goes to show you that, you know, refs can sometimes blow a call or miss a call, but this one did affect the game. So we'll see. Uh, but however, U of H has a lot to have their heads up high for. They they just proved that they belong in the Big 12. Texas moves to the SEC um, next, uh, next year. So we'll see what happens there. They get to face the old rival of Texas A&M again, uh, a rivalry that's been going on for decades. And we'll see what happens there. So, um, yeah, so do I believe he got the first down? Yes, I do. He clearly had his helmet and ball across the – the yard line, it's a game of inches. Football is a game of inches, and people got to understand that. Now, I think the refs did 
blow that game for U of H. Texas ended up winning. They're staying at number eight team in the nation. But U of H does have a lot to look their head up to. They just proved that they belong in the Big 12. So, uh, and that's it. That's it. That's it for our show today on the Matthew Paris Show. Guys, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. Uh, we talk sports, so and sports is a lot of fun. So, again, hit that subscribe button, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Or I'll talk to you very, very soon. All right, guys? All right, take care. Bye.